Welcome to the Shalhaba Community Church Podcast. We hope you're encouraged by the following message. We're going to begin the series with a bit of background on the book of Ephesians. And then over the coming months, we're going to be working through the book of Ephesians, uh, through the book, verse by verse. Who's looking forward to that? I certainly am. And, uh, and now it's going to be a great encouragement to us. This morning as I prepared uh, this message over the last few days, I just, I just do believe it's going to be a real challenge to us today as individuals and as a church. So I really um, I make no excuses about Who believes the Word of God should be challenging? Uh, yep, four people again. It should challenge our lives, amen. So the book of Ephesians is known as one of the epistles in the New Testament. What's an epistle? Epistles were letters that were written to the early church. And within each of the the epistles, we find a couple of common themes. The first theme that we find in the epistles, the, the writings to the early church, was teaching on doctrine teaching the church, educating it, and then followed by an encouragement uh, for practical application. So being taught and instructed in the Word of God, but then applying the Word of God to our lives. Amen. And we find that through the teaching of the epistles, the letters to the early churches. And the writer in this case, Paul tells us of things about the person of Christ, the future of the church, and then he turns the reader's attention to acting in accordance to what they have read. Amen? according to what they have read, not merely hearing the word, but as Jesus teaches us in Luke chapter 8, 21, listen to him, listen to the words that he says about the importance of not just hearing the word, but applying the word, because people came to him one day and said, oh, there's your father, excuse me, there's your mother, there's your brothers and sisters. But listen to what he says about that comment. And he answered and said unto them, my, my mother and my brethren are these which hear the word of God and do nothing about it. Who hear the word of God and what? And do it. Hear the word of God and do it. Not merely hearing. Jesus wants his followers to hear his word, which means to understand and then to put his words into action, to do the word of God. And the thought is this this morning, before we launch into our text this morning, is this. It's possible for a person to understand God's word and yet fail to put it into action. But fail to put it into action. Uh, Just a little side note reading this morning. If you wanted to go, uh, you could go this afternoon or tomorrow. Matthew chapter 25, Jesus tells a number of parables. What's a parable? A parable is an earthly story with a heavenly application, right? That's what a parable is. And he tells the parable about the sheep and the goats. Many of us, most of us probably would... Remember the parable of the sheep and the goats. But what I find really, really interesting and quite alarming at the same time is this. The sheep and the goats both had the same understanding of who Jesus was and their salvation and the message of the gospel. And yet the defining difference between the two is the sheep acted on what they knew, but the goats did not act on what they knew. Wow. The sheep were rewarded and encouraged and, and um, welcomed into heaven. The goats, on the other hand, though, were scorned. They were mocked. S- serious stuff. One group were hearing and applying the word. The other group were hearing and doing nothing about the word. And Jesus calls, calls that 
those two groups out and makes it very clear to each and every one of us today. We're not only to hear the Word of God, we're meant to do the Word of God as well. Amen. So let's move on this morning. We want to have a look today. We begin our study in a letter written to a major city of Rome, in a Roman province called Ephesus. But before we go there this morning, we're going to start in a letter that Jesus wrote to the Ephesus church some 30 years later. And we find that writing 30 years later in Revelations chapter 2. It'll be up on the screen there. This is Jesus' words to the church of Ephesus some 30 years later. Amen. Let's have a look at it. It says, To the angel of the church of Ephesus write, These things, says he who holds the seven stars in his right hand, who walks in the midst of the seven golden lampstands. I know your works, your labor, your patience, that you cannot bear those who are evil. And you have tested those who say they are apostles and are not, and have found them to be liars. And you have persevered and have patience and have labored for my name's sake and have not become weary. Nevertheless, what? Nevertheless, I have this against you, that you have left your first love. Wow. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent, listen to this, and do the first works, or else I will come to you quickly and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. 30 years later, this is the letter to the church in Ephesus. Today we're not studying Revelations, but we're looking at Revelations chapter 2 because Jesus' letter to Ephesus directly relates to Paul's letter to the Ephesians church. And what we find out about the Ephesians church is that they had strong doctrine and were willing to stand against false doctrine. But what's surprising is that Jesus challenged them about not putting this knowledge into action. I don't know today, but I think that there are far too many Christians that are well overeducated in the Word of God and yet are not doing what it is that they understand. Oh, you're all wrong. You're all quiet in this Anglican church this morning. Well, I'm doing my best. <laughs> this could get a bit uncomfortable for me and for all of us. But it's healthy, amen. Healthy. Jesus tells them that he has one thing against them, that they had left their first love. The church had stopped doing what they had begun in the beginning of their journey. They moved from doing to just knowing. I find one of the greatest traps as you get older in the way is that you can be more concerned about knowing rather than doing. Remember when you first got born again, you were so excited about doing, but then as you get older, you're more, more interested in about knowing. Sometimes we can be so long in the way that we need to get out of the way. Amen? To let the next generation come through, potentially. So they move from doing to just knowing. And it's worth noting this morning, this little thought here, the word first in the Greek means protos which means the most prominent before all else or above all else. Here Jesus is challenging us about what is the most important thing, the things of the highest priority. So in verse 5 of Revelations chapter 2, Jesus gives them the recipe for returning to their first love. He tells the church to do the deeds that they did at first. He says, remember therefore from where you have fallen, repent and do the first works. Passionate love for God. 
Jesus was no longer the object of their affection. They were knowing the word, but not doing the word. They weren't serving God through and by our deeds, service. There was no heartfelt worship to God. It was just going through the motion. It says in Scripture there, you know, you, you open up your mouth and you speak all these words to me and, and for me, and yet your heart is far from me. Talking about real worship, they'd lost their heart to really worship. There was no passionate prayer in their lives anymore. They weren't meeting the needs of the poor, nor using their gifts and skills and resources in service to others. I remember when I first got born again, all I wanted to do was serve. Hello, I'm just preaching to Shane this morning. But I remember when I first got born again, the passion and the enthusiasm and the zeal and all that stuff. And, you know, along the way, as we go through the journey of life, if we're not careful, we can lose that. We can lose that. And God doesn't want us to lose our first love. Amen. And the church in Ephesus, that's what they had begun to do. These are all the things that they'd stopped doing and had turned their attention to worldly endeavors. And because this, they knew so much and did so little. Listen to this this morning. <laughs> you probably won't come back after this. Jesus', was war Jesus warning to them was that they could lose their lampstand and forfeit their place as a church. Wow. Incredible. This is such a sobering thought for all of us today. But Jesus says, putting our faith and our knowledge of doctrine into action is so important to him that if we fail in that mission, we no longer have a reason to exist as a church. Wow. That's why James chapter 2, verse 17 says, faith without works is dead. Show me your works, I'll see your faith. Amen. <laughs> James. Oh, two, and don't forget after the service, there'll be barista coffee out there. Just reminded me, barista coffee, just, it's like a little ad, isn't it, in a movie? <laughs> just a little ad. By the way, <laughs> lighten the mood. There'll be coffee out there today. I know James and Neil will be out there baristing coffees and all sorts of awesome stuff. Go and support them. I'll be certainly out there as soon as we can to get a coffee as well. Some great coffee provided by one of our local coffee makers that is here with us today, and we're very thankful for that. Amen. So in other words, the Lord never intended our faith to exist by itself. Faith was always intended to lead us to action. Amen. Faith was always intended to lead us to action. So sort of thought this morning, the question that we, we need to ask is, how did the Ephesians church become so distracted from the deeds that they did at first? And to get a, an answer to that, I believe we find a fair bit of that in an understanding of what Ephesus was like back in the day. It was not because of false teaching uh, that they started to slip awake, because Jesus admonished in that and said, you know, you, you, you don't... You don't entertain false teaching. So it wasn't that, but I believe the answer is found in the city of Ephesus. Just a few thoughts about Ephesus this morning. We're going to be finished very, very shortly. Ephesus was a, a thriving metropolis in their time and a corrupting place to do ministry. It was the capital city of the Roman province of Asia Minor. It was famous for its temp 
temples and the goddess of Diana. The temples drew worshippers from around the empire and featured thousands of prostitutes. What a city to live in. The city stadium was the largest in the world at that time, seating somewhere around 50,000 people. Amen. The truth is Ephesus was a happening place, and if you wanted to chase the world's riches, this is where you would be. And sadly, for the Ephesians church over time, that's eventually what they were lured to, the love of the world rather than the love of Jesus Christ. That's what Jesus could see taking place. You might be asking this morning, how is this background? How does it relate to us in studying Ephesians? Well, the thought is this. Just bear with me for a moment. Both Paul and Jesus had concerns for the Ephesians church. We see if you want to go there today. In Acts chapter 20, Paul's encouragement about how they should live by not getting caught up with the deceit of the world. And a few decades later, Jesus writes again to the church, concerned that they have lost their first love and pursuit of worldly riches. What we find is that the, the Ephesians church, church fell into temptations to the earthly things, they left their first love and lost their way and eventually they lost their place. Many years later, the church of Ephesians was no more. Jesus took his hand off the church. Why? Because the church pursued the world over pursuing his presence. All right, who's got a joke now? Anyone got a joke? Oh, I've got a, a really good joke. You ready for it? Why did the monkey put sausages on his head? He thought he was a gorilla. <laughs> I tell you what, this pasta is just on the edge of just... <laughs> Keep going? Right. Okay. I want to wrap it up this morning because it, it's, it's, quite, it's quite broad. But in its broadness, we want to bring it down to, to just what I think God's wanting to say to us as a church as well. I believe the circumstances surrounding the Ephesians church have much in common with the church today in many places around the world. We are so blessed to be living in the wealthiest time, but it's also a time where our culture is saturated with materialism and the pursuit of self. We've got to be careful that we don't, like the church in Ephesus, lose our first love and drift away. The allure of the world, the, the, the culture that we live in is so deceitful. It's, it's so alluring. It can affect our mind and start to make us think that our lives are all about our own needs. It can, it can, it can twist our understanding of, of the possessions that we have. Help, help you this morning. You own nothing. You own nothing. You are stewards of everything, but you own nothing. When you leave this life, there will not be a U-Haul trailer coming behind you with all your possessions. They go to someone else. And we need to hear that and understand that in the world that we live in, our resources and things that God has given us. God has given us to make a difference within the world. Amen. Amen. In the church in Ephesus, they got, they got caught up. And God's not wanting us to get caught up. And maybe this morning, maybe myself included, maybe we need to give ourselves a bit of a shake in the beginning of 2019 and, and just say, well, God, how am I going in my first love? 
Do I need to consider that I might need to return to some of the deeds in the beginning? May, may I maybe need to just check my heart and say, well, God, how, how are we going? Thank you for your blessings and thank you for all the good things that are happening in my life and all the great things that are there, but we've got to make sure that all that stuff is not the reason that we focus our attention on, on those things, but come back to the simplicity of keeping Christ first in our lives. And if that means that he says to you to give it all up and to move somewhere, I better be careful. Just, you know, it's with someone, uh, Tom, again yesterday, talking about how amazing Shell Harbour is. So blessed. Better be careful, huh? <laughs> God's asked us a couple of times over our 20 years together to make some big calls. But I've found this. He never disappoints. When you say yes, he never disappoints. Even how difficult it might be or might, might appear to be. This morning, I want to finish just with some, some questions for us to ponder um, about, about this as well, because I think the words in Ephesus, Jesus writing to the words in Ephesus in the book of Revelations chapter 2, potentially speak a lot to us today in 2019. Not just this church, this is a wonderful church, but to the church in our community. So some questions to ponder this morning and I'm just, I'm just going to ask you these questions this morning and you can just, just think about how, how, will you, how would you answer this? First, first question. Is my money becoming more important to me than my relationship with God? I won't rush it. But do I find it easy to honour God with my first and my best? Is my money becoming more important to me than God? Money's a great tool. <clears throat> it's a, a lousy lover. You can love it all you want. Money will never love you back. Jesus said you can't love money and God. God's got to be first above our money. So, if you hitch up now for 10K, what would you say? Check this out. The front row just said, sell the boat. <laughs> well, sell your hair straightener. See if I care. Another question. Have my possessions become more important than meeting the needs of others? Have my possessions become more important than meeting the needs of others? And hey, I'm, we're all together, right? So I'm not saying, oh, you, this is us. Have my possessions become more important than meeting the needs of the others? Just this last question. 
In the last week, can you think of an instance where you denied yourself for the benefit of another? In the last week, can you think of an instance where you denied yourself for another? Big question. What did Jesus say? Daily deny, deny yourself, pick up your cross and follow me. Sometimes denying ourselves is just simply saying, I need to make a meal for my neighbor. Or... Yeah? Awesome. Yes, we prepare to study Ephesians. I believe that we must view it as an encouragement not to go down the same path of the church in Ephesus. That we're not only to hear the word of God as we hear it and as we go through it, but we need to encourage ourselves as we, we begin this journey to not only hear the word of God, but to also do it. I thank God for our local church here. I thank God for all the plans where we're talking um, about establishing an internship program for 2019. Wouldn't that, 2020 I mean, wouldn't that be awesome? I'll say it again. We're working towards establishing an interns program for 2020. I love that. Might happen. We'll give it a go, bro. But, you know, for our local church, um, we must always encourage ourselves individually and corporately as well. We're not just here to come and sit on these ugly yellow seats on a Sunday and go through the service and walk out the door and hallelujah, praise the Lord. Are we, Joe? No. Meant to hear the word of God and then apply it to our lives. For our local church, I think all of us should continue to ask ourselves the question and review the thought. The band could come this morning, that would be great. To review the thought about our local church and how we're meant to live and how we're meant to serve and we should filter those thoughts through this statement here. If Shell Harbour Community Church was to close its doors tomorrow morning, would anybody in the community feel the effects of that and be discouraged because we no longer existed? That should be the challenge for every local church. Amen. Awesome. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you. Lord, we don't take this challenge as a discouragement this morning, but as an encouragement. Jesus, you said your brothers, your sisters are those that not only hear the word of God, but do it. So, Lord, we thank you as we embark upon this journey in Ephesians that, Lord, um, there's so much for us to hear, so much for us to understand. We just thank you that as we hear it, not only will we hear it, but we'll apply it to our lives. And everybody said, Amen. God bless you, Kim. Thank you so much. This morning.